Hey y'all. Hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Conversations That Matter. I am so thankful and so blessed to be with this powerhouse full of ladies. Let me tell you, today we are going to be discussing generational curses. And I don't know if y'all thinking has been like mine, but I thought so different until speaking with these phenomenal women. So today we're going to go ahead and bring it in. I'm going to let each person introduce themselves. Again, because I don't think that I can really do them the justice that they deserve. So I'm going to let each person introduce themselves and we're going to go ahead and just jump right into generational curses. Is it really a curse or is it a generational cycle? We're going to talk about that today, y'all. I guess I'll go first. I'll introduce myself. I'm Tal Harris. I'm a certified IEP coach. I'm also the founder of Noah's Network, which is an organization dedicated to advocating for children and families of special needs. Um, so I'm excited to be here and to be with you ladies. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm Pastor Pam Kennedy and uh, I am over uh, which the uh, Lord has given me treasures of deliverance and uh, also Sweep the Streets Ministries. I'm on staff at After Christ Christian Center as a uh, uh, pastoring evangelistic uh Evangelistic outreach, my along with my husband, of course. And you know, the reason God gave me treasures of deliverance because He has delivered me from so many things, which include mostly the generational curses. So, you know, I'm just uh, 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 what I want to call it just a big a phenomenal big, woman. <laughs> that she has done and so amen i'm just here now to just to help and also to continue to get help for myself amen and last but not least we have miss pastor stephanie page hello my name is pastor stephanie page of power kingdom life ministries and i'm also um, a life coach with empower my life um, relationship life coaching and um, in speaking about generational curses, generational cycles, um, I always say you need to know what you're dealing with so that you can actually deal with it. Yes. So, you know, many times we don't really face the things that we're dealing with or we accept it as just normal situations or what we've always done. So therefore we end up repeating the same behaviors. But, you know, in life, you know, we are actually meant to become overcomers. So the way that we overcome the enemy is by facing them head on. Yeah, so that's what we're going to really talk about today. So. To dealing with generational curses, and I'm excited to be here with you, wonderful ladies. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. I'm so blessed. I really am, y'all. This season, you know, on, on Unscripted, we're doing something completely different. The past two seasons have been interview-based, which have been amazing. But right now, it's about having these real conversations, conversations that really and truly people are afraid to talk about people shy away from the conversations we don't want to talk about it or we're too um i don't know how to say it but just to say it we too, we too righteous we don't want to talk about certain things but it's the things that happen in the kingdom that we need to be talking about these real conversations so when most people think about you know generational curses for me i must speak for me i think of domestic violence i think of divorce I think of my anger, like different things. Where am I getting this from? And I'm very quick to say, hey, no, that happened before me, but now it's time for me to go ahead and stop. Um, 
you know, stop it. So Tal brought up a really, really good question and whether or not it's a generational curse or whether or not it's a generational cycle. And if Pastor Stephanie Page would go ahead and enlighten yeah. us, because you did help us out really like minutes before the show. So I'm excited, you know, for you to share that information with us. All righty. Um, oftentimes when we think about a curse, uh, curses are things that are declared, are things that we bring forth out of our mouths that are often normally negative. So when we speak about a curse, we can see how we will say things that would then attach themselves to a belief system and won't grab a hold to that belief system. Um, when we then start believing those words that come forth and we attach it to a belief system, we then put actions behind it. And then that becomes the cycle. So mm -hmm. we're looking at things, let's say, like a cycle or what we call a generational curse in regards to a lot of times um, divorce or women divorcing or even sometimes with infidelity uh, with, within marriages. And what we oftentimes see happening is there will be words that will be spoken and a belief system then gets attached to those words. And then our actions follow those belief systems and become a cycle. So if uh, a belief system may be in our family, I don't need a man. I can do this by myself. Don't ever depend on no man for nothing. And then you're wondering why, oh, everybody in your family is getting divorced. It's because we've spoken these lies over ourselves and we believed and accepted these lies. And then our actions then follow our belief systems. So many times we'll have a curse by the words we speak that we then accept as true and then we allow our actions to follow them which then turns to generational curse what we spoke into a generational cycle what we do right because the thing is it does happen over and over you know like i saw my mom be a strong independent black woman raising two children well you know at that time i was younger she was raising two children she had moved away from her family her support system and she did it all on her own so I think subconsciously watching her as I grew up, not to say I didn't need a man, but I knew that I would be okay without one. You know, I knew that I would be strong for my children. So even after I got married, I got divorced. I got married again. I got divorced. I was raising four children. And for me, I was good. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. There was nothing you can come in and tell me. You know, I'm like, my mama did it. I can do it. But I realized that I wanted something different. You know, like I'm like my grandparents had been married. My mom really is maybe out of her siblings. You know, there's two siblings that have gone through that cycle of divorce, I should say. But I knew that I wanted the buck to stop here. I wanted to show my my children more so the positivity in being married. Yes, you can go through certain things and yes, you can go through arguments and having these hardships. But it's how do you work that thing out, you know, which brings me to a sermon that Pastor Pam Kennedy did at After Christ. And if y'all missed it, y'all need to go back and get that sermon because baby, matter of fact, it's on the After Christ YouTube page. I will make sure we put a link to it. But that thing was so phenomenal. And she really talked about heartbreak. And I'm wondering if, if, that is a cycle or is it a curse when we talk about even heartbreak? You know, I want to say that um, because I've come to understand that a curse is like a place of bondage or bondage in itself. 
-hmm. that do arise from, as Pastor Page said, you know, things that have been spoken or mm -hmm. things that have taken place just so many years back down in a generation. And mm -hmm. so, you know, uh, what tends to happen if it's never stopped, if it's never addressed, it has nowhere else to go. But right. to continue to to do cycles, I love Jonathan Reynolds' song "Cycles." Yeah. It, it just blows my mind. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> cycles I love it and too. patterns. We, they they you know it's, they're kind of so interchangeable. Cycles and patterns, and many times we have gone through hurts uh, for the same particular reasons back down in a generation and the thing keeps going and going and going. You know, we set ourselves up to be hurt. We set ourselves up in situations. You know, I don't know why we do it, but women, we tend to accept a whole lot of pain for just a small amount of pleasure, huh. you know? And huh. so many times in places of like, a uh, marriage relationships, even abusive relationships and marriages. Yeah. We're staying and hoping it'll work out, you know, but somewhere in the back of our mind knowing it's not. And when we will just dig and look down in our roots and go back, we'll see that thing. We will trace it back there. You know, right. I have a little bit of everything in mind. So, you know, <laughs> you know, with using drugs for over 20 years, set me up for like um, a heartbreak, you know, because I was always, uh, uh, you know, chasing the drugs. And so that brought me into crazy relationships, you know. Right. And some of them, though they were crazy, I would, would find myself, my heart would be so involved, my soul would be entangled, you know, like having soul ties. And so, you know, Learning that the Lord came to heal the brokenhearted and then tracing back how did I become such this such brokenhearted person? Right. Was just a huge, huge revelation and a huge work still even now. Right. And I think a lot of times too as women, we we fail, like you said, we take on so much we'll get we'll, we we will endure all of this hurt. We will endure all of the pain. And what we do is we make ourselves for me i'm gonna speak for me i'm not gonna say we i remember i've made myself so busy in other areas of my life to the point where i didn't want to think about the hurt i didn't want to think about the pain so although we're talking about generational curses we're really talking about breaking those cycles breaking yes. things that keep us in bondage breaking those things that keep us bound breaking those things that keep us down where yes. we really walk in a spirit of fear. We walk in a spirit of insecurity. Um, Tal, well, like, what are your thoughts on, on this? I, you know, Pastor Stephanie, I just love your explanation of the whole thing. So when I think about generational curses, I what comes to my mind is patterns. So I look at even in my own family or in my own life where I see certain patterns that go with the women or certain patterns that go with the men in the family, right. you right. know? So then even... As a mom, it's like you start to notice a few things even manifesting in your children. And you're like, okay, well, how do we deal with this? You know, how so I want to ask the pastors, you know, how do we uh even deal with when we see certain things coming up in our children, how do we approach breaking those cycles even in them? If I <laughs> please <laughs> even I, I wanna say. Uh, with small children, there is a place where we begin to um, 
learn something different. First, find out what's happening with us with and us. see the trace in our children. And mm -hmm. then that way, we, you know, there's a place where we have to let God deal with us before we even know how to deal with our children, even though we see these things being manifest. So if we don't allow God to deal with us, to help us, how can we deal with our children? How will we know what to offer them, what to do for them? I had two adult children that I was learning to be their mother after coming out of 20 year drug addiction. And they say, mama, and I'm like, oh my God, who are they? Because right. I never mothered them. You know, right. one was right. 18 and one was 12. And I'm like, I can't do this. God. I don't know, what am I gonna do? You know, so one thing I did see and that I was very, very concerned about was that I did not want them to have to experience the same lifestyle I did mm -hmm. and go down through that, which was the curse all right. back down, the alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, you know, sexual addictions, just all kind of stuff. Just, you mm -hmm. know, I'm like, oh, my children, to me, I said, they'll never survive this. So what the Lord gave me, I began to give them. And then I had, because they were older, I had to trust God for real, for real, that they were getting it, you know? And I, and you, of course, you know, the enemy showed me all kind of different stuff, right? That they weren't getting it, that they were hanging with these people, doing this, doing that. I'm like, oh, and but I still had to trust God. So a lot of it is living. What brought them back? And they, they came back by what they saw me live. Right. Not always what I said, but what they saw me live. I The word of God is true, that the truth will make you free. Mm -hmm. So many times, like I said before, um, with behaviors, when you get to the root of most behaviors, you'll see somewhere there, there's a lie that's believed. Yes. So even with the children, um, what is the behavior? Um, I remember one time when I was dealing with uh, anger and I was dealing a lot with anger where some things will happen. I would just get really, really angry. Almost rage will come up within me. Mm -hmm. I had to stop for a minute and say, Lord, where is this coming from? And God showed me an experience I had when I was a little kid when one of my cousins had pinned me down and they were tickling me. And I was so angry because I did not have control over right. that situation. At which point there was a rage. Cause I'm like, I can't do anything. I don't have control. And I was, and I became angry. Well, then as time went forward, whenever I felt that particular feeling again, I had to say, okay, well, what's the root? And oftentimes what I found is that the root to that particular anger was a feeling that I didn't have control over my environment or over a situation. And mm -hmm. the result of that was an anger that came up, at which point I had to deal, okay, am I truly, do I truly have no control? Um, am I able to speak to the situation and be calm in dealing with it and ask this person with my words what I want and what I desire? And even if they do continue in a behavior that I don't like, I still have control to whereas I don't have to put myself in that position again. So mm -hmm. therefore, my response does not have to be an out of control rage and the belief that I don't have control. I now have to think it through at which point when I do, when I know the truth to the situation, then my response is not the same as it was when I was a child. So mm -hmm. I have to find the root to the behavior. Right. So even as children, when we're behaving out in a certain way, be it 
anger, be it a sadness, a lot of times it's because we're believing something that's not necessarily true. And I do believe the word of God, the truth will set you free. Absolutely. And I know like for me, a lot of the things that I went through in my childhood, you know, things that I didn't expose, um, I kind of felt like I was responsible for certain things that happened. Well, if I didn't go here or if I didn't go there, or if I didn't do this, you know, and I felt like I opened myself up to certain situations, um, although it wasn't my fault. Like come now, but like you lady said, I had to go backward and really identify that thing. Like that's actually one of the first steps with my clients that I go to is let's identify why you have that fear. Let's identify why you have that phobia. Let's identify why you had that thinking pattern. Let's identify why you react that way. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, before we actually had the whole show going, um, there was something that, you know, um, Pastor Paige and I had spoke about and she mentioned insecurities and how that really plays a huge factor in the things that we react to um, as well. So I would like for you to go ahead and go into that a little bit. I honestly believe that insecurity is one of the biggest factors in our community, mm -hmm. not coming together, the church not coming together, and specifically, and even though this goes to everyone, but specifically African-American women not being able to really, really come together as we ought to. And the root to that is when you are insecure, it presents you from having a love for yourself and a love for others, and it causes you to be in a constant position of either defending yourself or finding issues to criticize in other people so that you can feel better about yourself. Now, the insecurity is something that I believe is a societal um, issue. If we go back um, as African-American women, as black women for centuries, We've been told you're not pretty enough. Media doesn't tell you that you're beautiful. Your hair's not good enough. Media mm -hmm. doesn't tell you your hair is, is good enough. And so we constantly go about trying to change it. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been told that your skin tone isn't pretty enough. It's, it's not light enough. It's too dark, whatever. Your nose isn't beautiful. So it's all these things that we've been told throughout generations um, that cause us to sometimes believe the lie that we are inferior, not good enough, mm -hmm. not beautiful, and not the fabulous queens that we are. Mm -hmm. Because of that, insecurity will then cause you to either uh, separate yourself from others, criticize others, put up walls to keep others from maybe hurting your feelings because you don't feel secure within yourself. It'll cause you to isolate yourself and it brings about a lot of division in the community. Um, I think about even growing up, growing up, it was a mindset of protection with our parents. So because our parents didn't want people speaking negative things about us, they would say, stand up straight. This isn't good enough. Fix your clothes. Do this. You got to look this way. You got to be this way. You got to, because they didn't want anyone else saying anything negative about us. So then we call, we call, we grow up and we're like, okay, is my hair right? Is this good? Is this good enough? I don't know if this looks right. And, and we're almost anxious 
to make sure we're good enough before we ever walk out a door. Mm-hmm. We, we think we're good enough when we walk out the door. So then we sit down and I don't know about you guys, but have you ever gone somewhere? We used to call it like mall watching where you sit in the mall and you just watch people go by. And if you had some girlfriends or somewhere in me, they said, oh, look at them shoes. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at this. And you sit there. Exactly. Other people. Right. Picking them right. Apart. yourself feel better. A lot of and people feel good In elementary school. Yeah. All throughout our lives, we are living, trying to be good enough, trying for others to view us as good enough and never feeling like we are good enough. Yes. And that causes us from a appreciating one another right where we are accepting one another right where we are and just loving everyone unconditionally mm -hmm. so the, the the this insecurity that has been really pushed through us throughout generations has really separated us from the mind that we're supposed to have in christ to love unconditionally love ourselves love each other and accept one another right where we are because mm -hmm. of that there's division there's fighting there's comparison there's competition in yeah. everything everybody's trying to build themselves up because somewhere they feel as though they're not good enough where they mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. so it's a curse it's, it, it's a curse that builds about cycles who told you you weren't good enough? Who did? Who told you you weren't beautiful? Who My. told you weren't dynamic? Who told you you couldn't do it? Who told you you couldn't be? Everything that God purposed for you to be. And right now, we got to break the mindset and, and break the belief that we can. Right? Yeah. I Absolutely. think you bring up a good point. Um, trauma, That's what I'm hearing what you're saying is that generationally, we can even pass on the effects of the trauma. Mm -hmm. that we've all gone through. Mm -hmm. And so in that sometimes it's not even um, direct, it's indirect. Every family has their own culture. We have our society as a whole telling us, dictating to us what's good, what's not. So mm -hmm. I, I think that, that really brings out a really good point. Yeah. Absolutely. And I even think with those things that she was bringing up is that it really awakens that sense of fear. Right. Yeah. Because now you're worried about how somebody's going to judge us. Um, what am I going to look like when I go out? You know, certain people like, oh, she shouldn't be wearing that. Or and you hear these things and then you start to judge yourself, you know, so it makes you afraid to really put yourself out there. You know, um, they say many people have a fear of public speaking. And again, it's like the fear is always there. But like we had talked about, you know, previously that it is definitely harder to fight when you have to confront that fear because we don't know what to do with it. We haven't been taught about it. Um, if we were afraid of something, you know, like some kids are afraid of the dark. What do we do? We send them into the room anyway. You know, oh we, oh my. <laughs> you know, oh my. We, really, we really don't prepare ourselves and our children and those around us how to face that next fear that may come up. The biggest thing, the way to overcome a fear is to really just confront it. Yes. You know, um, I remember when I first cut all my hair off and I didn't realize how much of my beauty 
was tied to my hair until I cut my hair off, right? So then my wig game got real strong, you know. <laughs> but see, if you go to a church like After Christ, you better pin that wig down because, baby, that thing will be flying off your head, okay? <laughs> so I had to come up with other things, but I didn't realize um, how much of that, because I was worried about what somebody else was going to think. I was worried about how someone else was going to look at me. And everybody else loved the haircut, but I just could not get it past my psyche that long hair was better. Straight mm-hmm. hair was better. My hair is super curly and I love it. And it's big and it's full, you know, and yes, I'm still going to go through my changes just because I like a different look, but I'm not doing it anymore out of what someone else thinks of me or how someone else feels, Mm -hmm. you know, about me as well. And so I think the thing is that we really have to, it's no longer what happens in your house stays in your house. It's now time to get the help, seek the help. If um, for me, it's, I definitely have learned to count on God, call on God, go into my word, get into a song of praise and worship. And in that moment right there, when I'm sitting by myself and it's just me and God, he begins to speak to me and tell me how great I am. You know, if we really, really go back to our default setting, when we were first born, what God said about us before we were even formed, he knew us. Mm-hmm. What is setting and because we need to be we need to reprogram how we see other people like I'm always going to uplift if you ever see me and you ever work with me in any type of way I'm always trying to uplift I'm always trying to push you to the next level you want to do something I'm gonna drop everything that I'm doing I'm, I'm riding for you because I if you're succeeding and I'm holding your hand and you walk through a door baby I'm coming through that door with you like if I go through a door I'm, I'm bringing somebody else with me and a lot of times, like you said, we're in competition. We don't do that. And we don't do that because we don't train ourselves to do that. We're insecure. We're not happy with ourselves. Or you're looking at social media and seeing everybody being social media happy. Everybody who posts that they're happy, they ain't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, I, I wanted to say, Shay, just piggyback and kind of like on what everybody's saying, that... Um, you know, on the flip side of Pastor Page, some of us, for instance, as myself, uh, coming out of an abusive home, a very dysfunctional home, most, most, you know, but just the abuse side from my father, not even receiving it from him telling me that I was beautiful. He was the one that was telling me, you, you know, you should have died before you were born. You're no wow. earthly good. This is my father. And I was a teen, you know, and I just believe that that was a door opener to some generational curses that probably happened way back down in the years, coming down through him, the speaking to the children in that manner to tear them down. And of course, I know it was all the work of the enemy, you know, to try to kill us, you know, mm-hmm. not just physically, but in, in mentally and, uh, and emotionally as well. You know, I believe that even then it was a, a door opener and generational curses look for door openers you know, to come through, you know, when we're young, they come through and we don't realize it sometime until we, we are adults and we, we begin to reflect back and we have gotten and we've gotten married, gotten in relationships or, you know, in some friendships, you know, being bullied from, uh, uh, in school, 
you know, that all that, you know, not having the clothes that other children had and they would talk about me so bad, you know. And so, of course, I started using heroin at 13 years old. Wow. And that really just put a, uh, a, a stoppage and a blockage to my development, having gone through all of this stuff like this, you know, uh, uh, just... You know, it it didn't help when it came down to having being secure in who I was. Right. I really right. didn't know who I was. I wasn't taught anything. I wasn't right. taught how men should treat women. You know, my mother, you know, my, my father married my mother young. She was 18, you know, and she just had children, stair steps, baby after baby after baby after baby. Right. You know, and so she she was a great mom, a great mom, you know, and as much as she knew how to be. Right. And so I appreciated that, you know. And then, of course, if it wasn't for my father, I wouldn't be here, you know. And not blaming him because I don't know what happened to him. You know, right. I don't know. He was raised by his grandparents. I don't know how he felt about that. I don't know mm -hmm. how he came to have to be raised by his grandparents. You know, these are things that I found out about me and my generation. You know what I'm saying. And then my, my great-grandfather, and you know, he was an alcoholic. And just the pharmaceuticals and the addiction just coming down through there, you know, and so, so many other things, you know, like I've stated, like uh, mm -hmm. homosexuality, uh, incest, all of these things come down. Nobody's teaching anybody, you know, nobody's is, everything is, hush, hush, shh. Right. you know, now I was the one that came in. It's like, no, I'm telling everything. I'm telling it all. And I started like some. <laughs> Some some thirty years ago, you know, I'm telling it all. I don't care who mad, who get mad. I am not gonna do it. And you're absolutely right. One of the things I had to face was the fear of people finding out what had happened to me, what yeah. I had been through, what they yeah. would think about me. So you and know, the Lord gave me to say, I'm gonna put it in a book. Right. I wrote right. it. I wrote it all. I told every last bit of it. And so that killed the the curse per se yeah. that killed that began to break it i mean to destroy the thing you know because i'm one right. i'm like if you break something you can mend it and glue it back together i want right. to totally annihilate and destroy right. it. that's what i that's what i right. seek to do you know in the spiritual realm because if we think about it all of these things i believe happen in the spiritual realm too to bring an attack on us which manifests itself through people Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that you brought that up. And, you know, just I like you said, going back to that that broken place and knowing that even if you were there, you don't have to stay there. You no. may be in the state of depression right now. You may be in a session, uh, a state of uh, suicide. Thank you. Tal Tal's back with us, y'all. <laughs> <Taylor. laughs> we are not perfect on this. We are not trying to be perfect. Things happen like Hey, we're going to keep it moving. Made it back. You, know, but you may be, even if you're in a relationship and you want that relationship to work, you have to identify if that's a toxic relationship. Yes. And if you have children, that's even the more as to why you need to really think about the things that you're showing them because they are the next generation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important for me now to teach my children about finances, you know, not just making money but the grind to get there running multiple businesses because right now i don't want to work for anybody else 
I give it up to anybody who can do it right now. I'm just not in that season where I want to work for somebody else. So I'm going to grind differently. And I want to show my kids that. But then I also want to show them that there's balance because all work and no play is not good either. So it's like really setting up a standard of what you want to leave behind for the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, wealth to me is not just about finance. It's, a, it's about information. It's about making, truly making a difference about in the lives of those that I personally come in contact with. I want to be a positive person. I want somebody to be around me and know that, A, I'm a shoulder that they can lean on and they ain't got to worry about their business being spread to Tom, Dick, and Harry. I want to be a support system. I want to be a true woman of God. Um, even being married, like we're going to talk into that on another show. As we're gonna, I want to do a whole marriage series. So Talon, I've already talked about that. And you know, I got to have these two powerhouse ladies. That's good stuff. For sure. That's good stuff. You know, but even before I became a wife, because I did not have an example outside of my grandmother and my aunt of what a healthy marriage looked like. You can be married, but if I see you arguing and I see you cursing each other out to me, that's not, it's not healthy. Right. And I don't want to be um, oblivious in thinking that every relationship is like the Huxtables because that's what I thought until I got married the first time. And it's not. So it's like, what am I showing my kids right now in this season? Heck, what am I showing my mom? What am I showing people that are older than me? You know, what am I showing people that are right at my age? And what am I showing people that are younger than me? You know, as far as marriage is concerned, I know for me, I want to go ahead and actually help get into how to break the cycle. Cause we've talked a lot about the generational curses, but now I want to get into the next section of how do we break that? And for me, to make sure that divorce was not going to be an option in my current marriage. Um, I do have some deal breakers. If certain things are done and the Bible said I can get out of it, I'm out, <laughs> you know, and that's as far as cheating. That's just my deal breaker. That's me. Um, but for me, I knew what type of wife I wanted to be before I got married. So I told God, this is the type of wife that I want to be. I don't want to be the raw, raw wife. I want to be the wife that, you know, supports her husband, uplifts her husband, um, and goes through those un- those mm, areas that just don't feel good in that moment, you know, and be able to forgive because I did not have a heart of forgiveness in my past relationships. You did something to me, I held on to that thing. So now I want to kind of get into the segment where we're talking about how to actually break these generational curses because we can go on and on about our oh. different stories and testimonies and y'all will be on here for hours and hours and hours <laughs> so we want to move beyond that so we know that one thing that we've already covered um and one thing i want to just backtrack to really quick i had asked um pastor page about prophecy a lot of times when fear comes up when we are told to do something god is giving you an idea he's giving you a thought he's giving you something and you receive a prophecy on that thing and you still don't move um, really quick, we're going to jump into that and we're going to go ahead and fast forward. Um, Pastor Page has said prophecy is given to people for them to have hope and to operate the prophecy. We must have faith. You want to go ahead and expound on that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's a few things I just I just want to touch on really quickly. Um, one of the things in order to really overcome just about all of these issues that we're dealing with is truly understanding your identity, 
who God has created, mm -hmm. purpose, and equipped you through Holy Spirit to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you come to understand that, that God in you, the next thing is you're able to see and recognize it's only one Holy Spirit. And the God is the same God that's in you as the God that's in others. What that does is bring about a unity as well as a community to whereas when you're building someone else up, you're building yourself up. Mm -hmm. When you're supporting someone else, you're supporting yourself because we're all mm -hmm. the one body. Right. So when you're able to get over the insecurity and see yourself as a child of God, as part of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. then it tears down the inability to support others. And it also um, equips you to really be able to uh, join together with others in order to be one and walk in your purpose and in your destiny. Mm -hmm. Now. God uses prophecy to remind you that he has plans for you as his child. When you are in a prophetic environment, you should be being empowered. You should be able to, again, God's going to speak truth over your life. So if he's speaking truth, then all those lies that have you tied to those curses, again, because these curses are all based in the lie. Mm -hmm. Prophecy available in your life, then you're now receiving the truth that you need to overcome the lie that has had you in that cycle. Yes. Right. right. Yes. So prophecy is really necessary in order for you to have hope and erase the lie. Mm -hmm. Now, once you have that hope and you believe the word of God and you see this truth, now mm -hmm. it's time to step into it and walk it out by faith, knowing that if God said it, it's the truth. And it yes. shall come to pass. Yes. That then empowers you to overcome the fear and yes. empowers you to overcome every lie, the mm -hmm. insecurity, the anger, all of those things that the enemy has been trying to tie you down to in mm -hmm. your mind to keep you from walking in the truth because only God knows the plans he has for you. Yes. God knows the plans he has for you. He uses the prophets to speak those plans. Now mm -hmm. that you have those plans spoken, it gives you a hope to what your identity is. Now it's time for you to walk by faith in order for it to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing, too, when you're walking by faith, like for me being, you know, when I was a baby, baby, baby Christian, you know, before my growth. Um, I felt like I had a, a huge growth spurt over the last three years, and I give so much honor to After Christ Christian Center and Apostle Rudolph and Pastor Lois Ellis, Pastor Pamela Kennedy. There's so many people that have literally poured into my life. And when I first, I remember first meeting Pastor Pam, and you know, you hear people talk all the time. People talk a good game, right? I began to watch because I was new to After Christ and I wanted to see um, if the person that she said she was, she was. And I remember going up to you after Pam and saying, I've watched you and you've helped me to become a better wife because of the struggles, because of your transparency. So I would say that as you are walking this faith walk out, especially if you're new to this faith walk, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to help you in your growth, that mm -hmm. are going to help you 
um, in your healing, you have to create a space in an area that is conducive for your healing, conducive for your growth, conducive for any level that you want to go to, right? The thing is you want to be, you always want to move forward. And if your social media thread and all of that looks crazy, honey, delete, block, unfollow, change your page. You have the right, the God-given right to make changes in your life. If you were in something that is toxic and you don't have anywhere to go, help is there. You just yes. have to reach for it. Um, if you're going through something mentally, I don't care how strong you are. Everybody has their breaking points and everybody has those moments where we need to reach out to somebody. And it's not that you may want to, but you may need to. You may need somebody to go to and just say, I'm not okay and I don't know why. You know, so I really want to dive in the last 15 minutes of talking about how to break these cycles of generational curses or generational cycles. Tao, what is your input on that? Um, one thing we I think we've touched on, we do have to first recognize what it is that we're trying to alter or change in our lives. So mm -hmm. I think everybody has said that we have to be able to identify what it is and, and acknowledge it, own up to it. The Bible says that if we confess our thoughts one to another. We have to be able to confess that thing so that we can put it out there. It's no longer a secret. It's no longer holding us bound in our mind. We have to be able to recognize it first. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Pastor Pam, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, for me, when I came, I just was so not knowing anything. I was like, God, help me, please. Right. And just trusting the um, the leaders that God had placed me under at that time until I could really learn how to trust God for myself. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was like, I'm talking from the baby point for myself. You know, my mind needed to be totally renewed because, you know, it was practically fried from the drugs and the lifestyle. So I needed a, a new mind. I wasn't the pew baby. I didn't learn the, uh, you know, the children's church scriptures and the songs and you know that they, they you know we teach the children in children's church but i latched on to truth and i latched on to tr truth through my leaders teaching me then learning it from god himself and the holy spirit is the ultimate teacher teaching me helping me to know as pastor pay said who i am in him that helped me get my mind renewed first because all of my thoughts you know, uh, uh, were filtering through my mind and I needed the truth to filter through there to kill the lies, Come to destroy on. all the, the prior beliefs and values that I thought I had that were just lies and to just totally build myself up uh, on truth, you know. Absolutely. And that's what I teach my, my right now, my children, they already know it, okay? So now I'm reaching for my grandchildren. And the Lord told me, if you give me your life, and you live for me. Let me teach you holiness. And I was like, holiness, what is that? Right. Well, I was willing. I was willing. And right. he taught me to live right. He said, I will give you mother status in your children's life. He said, and that's where he brought me to the place of treasures of deliverance. I talk to my grandchildren. I tell them the truth. I tell them with what they don't want to do, what they need to do. And I don't play. Right. You know, most people call me boss. Well, because sometimes I guess I can be a little bossy, but that's how God made me to be, to be able to be a blessing and a help, especially right. in those in my family. Because he said, with you, I'm going to stop 
the curse. Amen. So, I love it. I'm going to stop the curse. I said, well, whatever you need me to do. I just threw my hands up because at that point I was so shot. You know, you get down to 85 pounds, you know, and people don't believe you're going to make it. You look like death walking for real, you right. know, and God bring you out. I just threw my hands up and said, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? And right. so he said, I want to stop the curse with you. That meant through my children, my grandchildren and their children and so forth and so on. And so not just only that, even my sisters and my brothers, they came in, you know, and began to give their life to the Lord, you know, and he told me, I'm using you to be an exodus for your family. Girl, I just, I just couldn't believe that thing, you know, being, I'm saying, <laughs> you know, the place where God brought me from, right. you know, in the mental state I was in, the physical state and the, uh, the abuse from the drugs and the lifestyle and, and other things, you know, but I was willing, you know, and I believe that if we become like the scriptures say in Isaiah, if we become willing and obedient, we will eat from the fat of the land. God will make it right. What the enemy meant for bad, I am a witness. He'll, God will take it, turn it around, and make it for good. So I'm, I'm thankful that he's the one that knows the plans he has for us, not us. I know that's right. Because <laughs> ever since I was like, God, it's for you I live. It's for you I die. And really walk that thing out. Yes. You know, that doesn't mean you're not going to slip up every once in a while. It doesn't mean you're not going to, you know, but the thing is you're trying to completely change. Yes. Who you are, change your, you know, Pastor Pam would say, you're stinking thinking, mm -hmm. you know, trying to change that thing back because it's so easy again for us to go back, go back to the default setting that we think is right. The way we mm -hmm. feel about a situation, you know, um, I was having a conversation with somebody and when you interact with negative people in your life, I think that we all know somebody or have been around somebody that's just extremely negative. They want to curse you out. They want to do all these things. You have to begin to pray for them. You know, if you can truly pray for that person, mm -hmm. it does something to you. Because you know that you, you're, you don't have a heart of anger. You don't have a heart of bitterness. You don't have, and that's what God wants to do. He wants to change your, your heart, you know, as well. So, I know Stephanie had um, given us some steps on really how to move forward. So I'm going to go ahead and go through those now. There were there were four steps and a few of them she touched on earlier. But as I bring them up, I'm sure she'll elaborate them on them a little bit more for you. Got to give us a second. We got to read this stuff. She ain't know it was coming up there. <laughs> you got to learn yourself. Yes. I agree. Yeah, learn yourself, um, observing yourself, not just reacting, acting without really understanding why. So you have to take the time sometimes to even go back at things you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what? I was all out of order. What did I do that for? Why, why, yes. why did I do that? And the key is not to be afraid of it. So a lot of times, you know, I'm a pastor in Power Kingdom Life Ministries. And many times one of the things we say consistently is you have to be real with it to deal with it. Yes. Don't hide. Don't run from the truth. Don't try to sit up here with a nice dress on, you know, trying to look the part and you're unable to live the part because you got so much junk that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. The matter is God's love doesn't waver because of your issues. Come on now. Your issues do not in any way cause God's love to waver. So, you know, in, in, the, in the body of Christ, we have to have a space where people are able and free to be real with whatever it is, you know, whatever right. the issue is, be real with it. 
face it head on. Do not run from it. Right. I was listening to uh, Pastor Pam and she was speaking about a lot of the, the drug and the alcohol use. Most addictions come from you trying to run from the situations that are so painful, you just don't want to deal with it. Absolutely. And so therefore you run from it and you have no place where you could be free to really expose. And you were talking about your freedom and how you exposed it in your book, which set you free. Yeah. You to be real with it, put mm-hmm. it out there, deal with it, receive love, know that you're accepted in Christ regardless of your issues. And yes. then you were able to be set free from those things that try to keep you running to drugs, to sex, to people, whatever it may be. Yes. Yes, all the escapism to keep from dealing with it because you don't believe that you are accepted right where you are, but you are accepted right where you are. Mm -hmm. So the the thing is, deal with what it is. Face it head on. Accept yourself right where you are. Yes. Hey, this is me. It's who I am. It's what I am. And guess Mm -hmm. what? God loves me. Yes. Point blank, unwavering, ain't moving. You can't change it. I can't even change it. God loves me right where I am. So I'm accepting mm-hmm. myself right here so I can be real with it and move on from that place. Um, correction. Correction is an expression of love. So don't fear the correction. Yes. And don't be afraid of correcting yourself. Repentance is not a condemnation. Repentance is turning from the wrong direction and then turning towards the right direction. Mm -hmm. And just because you got it wrong does not mean that you are condemned. That's right. You got it wrong. Guess what? The blood of Jesus covers that. Turn around. Yes. (laughs) Go the right direction. Okay. Absolutely. Condemnation that comes when you make a mistake, don't condemn yourself because that condemnation Mm -hmm. will either cause you to hide to run, to lie in order not to deal with it. So accept correction. There's a difference between correction and criticism. Mm -hmm. Correction wants you to come to the right place. Yes. Also showing you a path and supporting you and walking with you to the right place. Yes. Mm -hmm. Criticism points a finger at where you are, mocks you, gossips about you, backbites you, and then Mm -hmm. ostracizes you. That's not God. That's right. Absolutely not. And if you're around somebody that's like that, I suggest you you need to reevaluate your circle. I'm very quick to tell somebody you need to move them chess pieces around. Oh yeah. Everybody ain't meant to be on the same line with you. Everybody's not meant to be on the same board with you. And it's okay. You can love people from a distance because you'll realize that your healing, your growth, and everything that you really wanted will begin to manifest itself in your life. And you'll be like looking back like. I can't believe I was around that foolishness. <laughs> you know, I was that bad about it, girl. You calm me up. I was, I was riding with you to put some sugar in somebody's paint. You know, I might joke about it now, but now I'm actually going to sit down. Let's talk about this thing. Let's pray this thing out, and let's figure out how to move forward. You know, and in, in a, a situation. So, um, and number four is definitely allow yourself to be free in the process. That means allow yourself to make those mistakes allow yourself to be i think vulnerability is so important allow yourself to be vulnerable allow yourself the right to seek the help you know um whether it's a coach like all of us all of us on here are pretty much um coaches or pastors and or both um but connect yourself with somebody that really is genuinely 
rooting for you, really in your corner um, mm-hmm. as well. Because what happens is when we hold on to all these things, you're not going to grow. It's like you have a root connected to your foot or, or that ball and chain, you know, that many people joke about. It's going to prevent you from really moving forward in a pace that God wants you to. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you don't believe anything else that we say, know that God wants the best for you. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, I know we want to go ahead and, and we can talk about this subject probably for so much longer, but I want to give everybody an opportunity, people who are watching, people who will watch later on, people who is your first time watching, and you know, let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know your comments. I'm going to go ahead and put everybody's contact information up on the screen and again, let them just share with you a little bit about what they do. So go ahead, Ms. Tao. Oh, okay. This has been wonderful. <laughs> Ladies, thank you again for uh, just coming on and talking about the subject. It's really turned into something good. Um, but again, I am the founder of Noah's Network, which is a new organization designed to assist families that have children or family members that struggle with special needs issues. Um, sometimes, you know, in especially within our community, we don't want to address or talk about some of the struggles that come along with parenting a child that had, may have some struggles or may be different. Or even if our us ourselves are the, is that individual, what type of supports or what, what's out there for me? What does God have to say about that for us? So we just want to be a support to those families and individuals. And we can be reached at our Facebook page at Noah's Network um, and also our website, Noah's Network 12.org. And we're looking to do a lot of things um, in the community to uplift. Awesome. Awesome. And Pastor Pamela Kennedy. Hey, man. Yes. <laughs> well, God has made me a wealth of deliverance. And so. My thing is I love to see people get free from whatever their issue or their bondage might be. And you can reach me on Facebook. You inbox me. I will call you. Give me your number. I'll contact you. I'll chat with you then. I'm always uh, checking my messages and uh, trying to see who the Lord is leading my way. And I also wanted to say this, too. I'm the author of Coming Out of Utter Darkness. My life was full of total darkness, and I am the author of that book. And if you would like to get your hands on it, inbox me. Go to the page, Treasures of Deliverance, and I will make sure I get that book in your hands. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Also, I wanted to put this out here for somebody that You know, what we think perfect is, is totally different from what God sees perfection is. Perfection in God is simply growing up and maturing in the things of God. Because if we had to depend on perfection, we already believe it. So, you know, would have been, that's why we needed Jesus, because we was a mess. So, you know, because we were not perfect and we are not perfect. But we learn to mature in our walk with God and in life in every area, if you would just give the Lord a try. All right, all right. Thank you, ladies. You all are so blessed. (laughs) And of course, we have Miss Pastor Stephanie Page. She's going to go ahead and give us some information about her group and her ministry. Amen. Well, I'm Pastor Stephanie Page, and again, I'm the 
I can be reached. I'm the pastor of Empowered Kingdom Life Ministries, along with my husband, Pastor John Nathan Lee Page. I want to give a shout out there. Um, we can also be found on the page of Speak, um, our Facebook page, um, Empowered Life Coaching. I am a certified life coach. Um, also, EmpowerMyLifeCoaching.com, um, where we just really want to um, empower people to live their best life, understanding their roadblocks and then developing their path to overcome their roadblocks mm-hmm. to be who it is that God has purposed each and every one of us to be. Um, it's just been an awesome, awesome pleasure being on here tonight. I also want to say, you know, keep an eye out. Um, my book will be being released in November. Okay. The title is Gracefully Losing My Religion, My Journey to Love Without Limit. Amen. And, you know, in learning to love, you all, first you have to learn to love yourself. And when you get to the point where you're able to love yourself and see yourself the way God sees you, to yes. understand who you are to God Almighty, the creator, then many of these things, that have held you down, many of these lies that you believe you'll be able to break through, break off, and truly live life abundant, which is what God purposed for us in the beginning. So this has been an awesome, awesome time. I just, I'm so excited even listening to, like I said, Pastor Pam and her story that just, it just makes me so happy, you know, and overcome overcome and truly come to know who they they are. It doesn't hurt awesome even when I hear about Tal and just the awesome mother that she is and everything that she's doing to encourage women and absolutely Shay, God bless you, you know, woman of God and all the wonderful things that you're doing to uplift and to break down barriers and doors to live in the awesomeness that you are. So I'm just, I'm really excited. I praise God for each and every one of you. And I really, really pray that throughout this broadcast that someone has heard something that will break something off of them that may have had them bound. That yes. they just, just for a minute, just start to remove the scales of the lies that have been placed over many lives. That you look at one another and see the wonderful, awesome masterpieces that God has made each and every one of us to be. And that just like what you do with any other masterpiece, you look at it, you admire it, you take care of it, and you hang it up for everybody to see. That's right. See everyone as a masterpiece of God, then trust me, a lot of stuff is gonna start breaking off and falling off of the people, of women, of the people of God, of So God bless you all. Mm-hmm. Yes. And last but not least, I am Shay Owens. I am a certified life and relationship coach. And I think going through two divorces, domestic violence, drug um, abuse, um, sexual abuse, suicidal thoughts, I've gotten to a place where I understand that God had to break me purposely or allow me to be broken so that my journey can now be going forward and helping other people. So that's what I do. I have a, a huge passion for it. I also have a, a media group called Unscripted, which was founded in COVID yes. <laughs> as well. So I thank God for that. If you have any questions or concerns, if you want to be a guest on the show, we welcome the opportunity for you to just speak your truth and, and, and let other people um, be able to be healed You know, through your testimony and through your trials. Or even if you are in the midst of going through something, it does help to actually talk about it, you know? 
in talking about certain things that allowed healing to, to come forth. So, um, Tal, you have any closing thoughts for us? Um, again, thank you all for tuning in. And thank you, ladies, for being a part of this. I'm looking forward to our next podcast. Ms. Shay, when is our next podcast? <laughs> every week, every week, either we go live or we may have a pre-recorded, you know, really, we just, we want to bring um, awesome, encouraging, um, inspirational, delivering, whatever we need to bring out, whatever God leads in our heart. But every Friday between, either between six and eight o'clock, somewhere in that time frame, we don't have a set time, guys. Um, so bear with us as we are still working that out. But I thank God for allowing us to all really get together to make the connections that we're making. And again, just surround yourself with people that are going to be able to help push you and, and um, bring you into another level of opportunity here. So again, those of you who have watched this before, we thank you again for tuning in. First time viewers, we hope that you really enjoyed the show. We pray that you tune in. Of course, all that great stuff that you're supposed to do with social media, like, comment, subscribe, share, all of that good stuff. We ask that you do that um let it be a blessing to not just you but also to other people so at this time we're out of here thank you for tuning in to unscripted conversations that matter Bye -bye.